There we go. Now all that stuff in the green room is resolved. Back to your podcast, Jake. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, welcome back to Aliens, UFOs, and Ghost Stories. Today I'm joined by my friend uh, Lowell Johnson, or LJ. Uh, we've had him on once before. I was, you know, he has such a um, big story uh, to tell that I'd really hope to get him back on just so we can kind of learn more about you. Uh, Lowell, do you want to say hi? Hi, guys. Uh, Jake, thanks for having me back. You know, you're right. Where we left off last time, um, it just, it, if people are triggered by any of it, you just got more questions. And so really, I take the opportunity to do this because I think it's part of my journey. My Part of my journey uh, and my service is to help you, the rest of you figure out how I got to where I was so you get to the same level. And I'm delighted to do it because when I see somebody get it, there's no better joy than that for me. Yeah, uh, one thing we've been talking more about and fo- focusing on uh, lately has been um, meditation. And uh, even myself, uh, I'm 37 and my meditation practice is very scarce, first of all. And when I am doing it, I don't know that I'm even um, in the right headspace or doing it properly. Do you mind quickly kind of telling us how, at the very least, when you first started out, like how how would you get in that kind of headspace? <laughs> I had exactly the headspace you have. You know, um, for a long, long time, I'd heard about meditation. And I wanted to understand it. And I, I just didn't. I, every due diligence reference that this Capricorn does, I couldn't find whatever that freaking mantra was. Now, you couldn't go buy one on Amazon, and there was no decoding one online anywhere. There wasn't a cheat code. However, um, I had um, a TIA. It's a mini stroke in late 2015 and um, had it resolved the first weekend in December. I told you that because one of the things that my surgeon suggested during the recovery period, which he said will be about 30 days, you should consider maybe meditation. Well, what better an opportunity for me to do that while I'm lying on the couch? And so again, I went through every app, everything, everything everyone else has tried to. I just couldn't get to that space where you all told me it would be quiet. And there I would have access to the field of probabilities. How do you get there? Well, then for like the third time, because the universe hits you over the head at least three times etherically with things, uh, during that period of time, I decided to watch The Secret again. So if you've seen it before, you know that there are references to in it to Transcendental Meditation. Well, that was kind of my trigger, and I thought, well, they're talking about it. These people seem to, it worked for them. If it's as simple as they say that it is, then it's worth a try. Now, I should preface this by telling you that the process by which Every trainer is trained is exactly the same way the Maharishi taught everybody from the get-go. It's the same four-day process, um, and everybody does it the same way. The only thing that is not the same is the mantra that you receive. Um, Anyway, because of how specific the training is, they're not in every corner. 
So I'm really not surprised in retrospect at looking how everything has lined up the way it was supposed to for me, that my trainer ended up living about a mile away from where I happened to be at the time. So bless Marie Kelly. Um, she was the woman who had been trained by Maharishi again. She was yeah about my age too. Um, I knew day two, what I thought I was going to be doing was teaching others transcendental meditation. Because even after two days, I found that space that they were talking about. Um, and later, I would appreciate um, the differences between meditating by yourself and meditating in just a small crowd. And the difference when everybody in the room is at that vibration, wow. That's a whole another level. So um, in answer to your question, and in my opinion, the easiest, fastest way to get there is um, reach out to tm.org. Transcendental Meditation is the simplest thing I've ever gone through. They have lots of programs. There is a fee associated with it. But once you're trained, you're trained forever. Support the support team is there for you forever. And if you decide that you wish to go to you know higher levels and decide to train like I thought I was going to, there are programs in place for that. And in my opinion, it had a lot more benefit than just um, my mental state and my connectivity to the potential of multidimensional things. Never mind what it did for me physically. Because somewhere in the middle of all of that, too, I just lost 35 pounds somewhere else without going on a diet plan. And there was no exercise plan that I came up with. You just get in that sink and meditatively, you just do, you just kind of let the universe take over. And man, when they steer, things get done. Yeah, I'm really glad that you mentioned that. Uh, was that tm.org? Yes. Yep, I'm going to have that in the links below. Um, I'm sure that there's a lot of people that are, are kind of in the same uh, boat as I am where they're sincerely trying to um, get to that place where they can really benefit from meditation. They just don't really know where to start. So that might be a great place to start, guys. I, I The best results I ever had um, during a meditation, it was a, a lead meditation at a, at a C5 about six or seven weeks ago. And uh, I, I think I get what you mean with... Um, I mean, before we even sat down, there were orbs, which I've never really seen before at that height, uh, going crazy. I think the energy of the group was just so intense. And um, especially during the meditation, we were doing shamanic chants, um, sound baths. Um, the, the woman who was leading it uh, worked alongside uh, uh, Dr. Stephen Greer uh, for some time. So the uh, it was led, I thought, um, really, really well. And uh, got a lot of confirmations that night. But I think I know what you mean, just the energy of everybody else. Is that kind of what, what you meant by that? It's a vibration that you achieve. That's the best way that I can put it. Um, and when everybody has their own vibration. So you know in a crowd like that, one third dimensional person can disturb that apple cart pretty easily. So it's really a blessing when you look at those opportunities when the setting is perfect. Um, because those orbs that you were talking about, the energy has to be right for you to be aware of those and then see them. There, if there's any you know, disturbance, there's no reason for them to reveal themselves. And so um, 
Uh, I love to hear whenever other people have had those experiences. Uh, because when I first saw the pictures of them myself, I said, oh, I want to do that. And so when you find spaces where that can actually take place and then be photographed in the middle of it, it's not just that. You feel these sensations. They're like loving, cool things, um, but we're still discerning. It's funny that we talk about this today because there are a few things um, in terms of when we see these orbs, what are they? And certainly there are spirit orbs that we see all the time once we are in touch with, you know, the next dimension. But there are also now these light things that we're beginning to see that are coming through the sky. Um, some of the phenomenon where we've seen that these lights come down street level and move toward us um, and kind of look at us and then seem to disappear. Um, that's a different type of orb energy. So it's important that we kind of, we're not very far away from having contact. I'm just going to say it out loud here for all of you to hear. You've heard enough about it that all of this, again, is vibration related. And the, the energy and the help that's around us is benevolent. They want to make contact with us. So, you know, if you're vibrating right, get used to the idea that this is going to happen soon because it's already happening now. There are methods that that's taking place. And so when we gave some thought to, when these, we saw these things in the sky and we've seen them almost detached, like, you know, a mothership and, you know, a smaller craft or three craft that seemed to have broken off. And then you start to see this energy move down here. Well, that is, the by de definition, as far as I know, that's a telomere. The craft isn't going to land here. Uh, they teleport themselves down in that light fashion, and that's how they get to the surface. The craft doesn't need to land. Only they need to get to the surface. So when we start to get used to the idea on how these things are actually going to unfold, um, maybe we can help you know, eliminate the impulse to be fearful of it and um, just leave ourselves open to benevolent things that are coming our way. And they're coming rapidly because we've been influenced by this energy that cosmically the earth is going through. So regardless of where our vibration is, hers is as a certainty is on the rise. And any day now, she's in the next element. All of this is just our preparation so that momentarily our higher vibration matches hers and we move into new earth. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I've had that sense for a couple of years now. It's, everything certainly seems to be changing quite a bit. And um, I don't think it's far off um, contact. I mean, like as a mass, really, it just as a uh, as a people, I don't, I don't think that's too far away. Um, yeah, something I'll quickly get in. Um, but you mentioned, you know, orbs, you know, sometimes even breaking into three or appearing as three. I don't think I've ever said this on a podcast, but my father, uh, man, it must have been about close to three months now, three or four months, uh, saw just that uh, for the first time. He, he has an experience when he was very young that he never said was contact, but I mean, the way he describes it is uh, he was playing outside. This is in Appalachia, Kentucky. And I thought he said he was like five or six. And he's like all of his older siblings were kind of off doing their own thing, playing 
but he was uh, playing on a slab rock and uh, right next to an old schoolhouse that they used to live in. And he said he looked up and there were three really bright balls coming towards him. And then he says he fell asleep. So, and he's never described that as contact of any kind, but then um, about three, four months ago, right before they moved, he was going to work and it was four, four thirty in the morning. And he took a video and I mean, clear as day, there were two kind of moving in very strange directions and the one on the bottom just, I mean, they, there's no way that they were helicopters, drones or anything, but he got it on tape. Luckily, I uh, had pictures. Unfortunately, it was a terrible phone. <laughs> I just love that I hear from experiencers and not some talking head telling me about somebody they heard or what a neighbor said over the fence. No, no, these people are having real experiences. The thing that I have the most fun with is now that people have heard my story and they are triggered by Lemuria or Telos meant something to them. Um, and they start to open up just like your father did. There's one woman in particular who's just dear to me. And I heard from her about two years ago and she finally came on to one of the podcasts. She sat and just listened for one Saturday and then she came back the next one and I felt like she could talk a little bit. And what she did, she opened up about experiences she was having 30 years ago when she was younger. And um, the first time she tried to express it to friends and family, it was not well received. So she tucked it away until she finally found some group, you know, a small group that kind of talked like she did, sounded like she did 30 years later where she could open up and talk about these extraordinary things that were happening to her and that again they were benevolent uh, you know in retrospect it's kind of sad to think that she turned off this wonderful access she had to greater things beyond herself because what other people thought about it and instead of just kind of quietly enjoyed it well she's blossomed since then by the way but that's the whole point of this when we exchange these stories, they either trigger to us or they don't. If they don't, it's fantasy. I'm moving on. It's like I read this comic book and you know, I'm done with it. But there are a certain number of us where we know instinctively, where we feel it, that this stuff is real. And all we're doing is just preparing ourselves for what's coming. So when others vibrate at the same level, we all just kind of rise together. That's the feeling of collective meditation. I do not want to take anything away from you got to be able to find that space on your own first. And then when you put that in a room of like-minded individuals or like um, meditated, all heart-centered, wow. The energy and you can envision the light that just goes out in that space. It's incredible. Yeah, you. I get sensations just thinking about it here, sitting here. The day that I, the closest thing I have to think of that, uh, and my visit to Telos was when I stepped inside the council chamber. That is what it felt like. Hmm. Wow. And, and if anybody is unsure, if, if you're hearing um, LJ for the first time, I strongly suggest you go back to our our. Uh, first interview and you'll know exactly what we mean when we're speaking of um telos or mount shasta um with that being said 
since your first most profound experience at Telos, have you uh, been able to communicate with them through uh, telepathy or meditation since? Regularly, yes. It's now, uh, you can sense them in some spaces. It's hard to explain to you know people that it, they've they kind of heard the word multidimensionality, but in order to straddle it, you're kind of here and you're kind of there. Um, so I always have two perspectives that I see right now. My reflex is my third dimensional perspective, and you know, as a human being, this is the way you know life affects me. And then the next dimension, higher perspective, where I know I'm connected to all of you, everything. And so um, I want the welfare of all of me all of the time. And that's just the next realm. We're here playing a role in third dimensional earth. This was an experiment all along in duality. Our job as a spark of source was to come here and learn more on its behalf. And so every lesson I've signed up to learn <clears throat> I'm going to learn the good stuff and the bad stuff. So I understand the contrast between the two. And that's my contribution back to source. And here's the lesson I learned on your behalf and the collective benefits in the long run from it. But we're stuck in this density and we have trouble seeing beyond the right and the wrong, the hot and the cold, the right, and the left. It, it's too, we're too extreme. Poor humanity, look at, they've just gotten to this place where if you can tell me one topic, just one, that these opposite poles can agree on, then I'll say that humanity has a pretty good way to kumbaya their way out of this, but I fail to see one. The good news is that in my mind, it was always going to take a cosmic reset anyway. And so here it comes. This cosmic um, ascension that Earth is in anyway, we're just critters crawling along, hanging on while she's going through the process. But what a cosmically historic time to be here, huh? While we go from third to fourth dimension, you're here to witness it. And I'm telling you, if you start to think of your circumstances, you pick the time to be here. Yeah, that's funny you say that. I've always, even before I um, was interested in this subject whatsoever, uh, I just always had this sense that, and I know this may sound strange, I always had a sense that I was going to be here uh, on Earth when, when there were big changes. Honestly, God, I think I started feeling that way when I was like 15, 16 years old. I never knew what it was or why I felt that way, but it certainly seems, I mean, we certainly seem to be going through some big changes now. So are you saying that you've kind of felt that sense before, like almost like you chose to come here during this time? It, yes. I know that for a fact. If if you were to really, let's say that you just bought everything I told you and that I am well aware of incarnations I've had in the past and the roles I've played in past lives, uh, I know why I'm here now. And, um, you know, I can describe that. And maybe we'll devote a podcast to talking about that kind of, you know, my linear line because I had always been triggered by um, the fact that, okay, 
if you're telling me I'm a starseed and I came from somewhere else and maybe I'm a future version of that, the Pleiades always stuck out like, you know, a sore thumb to me, always, always. And so uh, in my heart, I know where, whether I'm a future version of me from there, however that manifests, that's my starseed roots. But now how did I get to earth? And in this particular plane, at this particular time, knowing the cycles that earth went through and as a soul an immortal soul i can't even play into the number of lifetimes on earth because i did gigs other places just like you did before i decided to come and volunteer here because we were volunteers i saw myself and how i got here um I've had a soft spot for Gaia in the world always first and foremost. Humanity, love y'all, but you're second place too. If we take care of her, everything else is cream peaches after that. Um, so um, I understand there's a, a <clears throat> cosmic order of the Melchizedek, and their job is to bring lights everywhere in the galaxy, to bring light. Now, there are two versions of light to consider here. It's the light that we carry, that we emit, that defines our vibration. And then there's the light that's physical, which is giving the, the next, when we see these eruptions coming from the sun, that's enhanced photon energy that came from our central sun first and is going out within this cosmic cycle that we're in. The age of Aquarius officially started in 2012, and we're on the clock in this enhanced band of photon energy to be bathed in it for the next 2,000 years. This is why we just feel energy that we don't quite understand yet, but it's coming at us at a rate that um, it's, it's affecting all sentient light at a cellular level. Now, here is where we've gotten some other assistance from some of our galactic friends and our angelic level, uh, level friends, <laughs> is that this body that we're in right now um, lives on, if you can understand the notion of we vibrate at the same level as Earth, and we're used to living on half orientric light, this light energy that's coming ours, we've lived with this. However, there's a whole different spectrum of light that is coming our way and has been coming our way for a while. So some of the adjustments that's been made in our cellular structure has been made possible so that our DNA can hold higher frequencies and greater light because that's what's coming. So people that have felt this shift energetically you there is your physical demonstration of what I just described as what's happening. So if you want to kind of understand it from a human perspective, and we always do, and I always want to explore these things so I can understand the physicality of it, because that's the only way humans really get it. The lofty ideas and the things that occur to me about higher perspectives and um, that kind of sensations and what I get to see in spectrums. Um, you know, I can't describe that because I can't even tell you how to see that until you see it. Um, but these other sensations 
Yes, when I can put them in the senses that you can feel. When now there's solar energy and all you empaths, you know it before that energy even comes up on your app and says, yeah, G1 level, you already knew that. You just have to be paying attention to it. And if there was ever a time to do it, now is a good one. So for some of our younger audience who might might not know exactly what we mean by raising your vibrations, um, could you elaborate on, on what you mean by that and maybe how uh, somebody can achieve that? You know, it, sitting at my perspective and my age right now, I would say that the norm is really for younger people that you already do vibrate at a higher level. You just, you don't know what it is. It's just kind of made your nature. That is assuming that you've unplugged from all the white noise around you. When you get down to your essence, you guys came into these incarnations a lot less handicapped than we did. You have more command of the information that's been locked in your DNA because you too have had many incarnations. You just chose this you know, particular avatar to play it out right now. And so here you are. But imagine if you can unlock all of your Akashic records and have access to them right now. This is what's happening now. Mechanisms, however that happens here cosmically, is unlocking information we've had stored away for lifetimes because we're coming to a stage where we're going to get to use it. Hmm. So I, uh, I've researched quite a bit of uh, Dolores Cannon's work, and um, I've always believed, and I think that you've uh, talked lightly about this already, that uh, we do choose to come here. Um, and I've also heard her say that this is this plane of existence is very difficult. It's it's like it's more of an advanced um, level of education almost. It's very heavy, very dense. Um, you know, a lot of like physical pain, emotional pain. Why is it you think that we choose to incarnate here, our, our consciousness, our souls? Um, if you thought of this as like um, um, Boy Scout um, points, Girl Scout batches, um, Earth, she's right. I think I'm trying to remember how Dolores put it because I know how you referenced it. And yeah, um, Earth is a it's a like a really tough boot camp. We came here really. If if you want to believe something, then I'm going to give you something to believe. So here, let's start with the fundamentals of how to comprehend the things we're talking about right now. You have to come to terms with first and set aside whatever you know instructions you've had up to this religious or, or other um, to the fact that you've had other incarnations here. You're a soul. This is an avatar. Your soul is riding in it right now. And right now, because of this density that we're in, the third dimension, it's this physical carbon form. Our next plateau, we're in light form. And while we're in this transition, those changes that I told you that are being nested in your at a cellular level um, are already ready to transform you into crystalline form. So when we get there, light package. Very much still physical. So I am curious about what that's going to be because in the fourth and fifth dimensions, 
we still reside in a physical form. It's when we get to sixth and seventh dimension that our light packages are such that they don't take form unless we choose that. But you're beyond that. Anyway, that's kind of a, a primer on dimensional awareness. We're stuck in three right now. It's a density. And so, you know, the lessons that we learned here were all about duality. Yes and no, black and white, hot and cold. Um, every one of you souls came here multiple times and played multiple roles. Your only frame of reference now is the one that you're in right now because it's your reality. But I'm telling you, if you spend some time with some people that can help unlock doors for you in past life regressions, believe me, um, they're just going to trigger dreams you think you've had, which, by the way, are experiences for all of you. You're having multiple experiences as we speak now. And once you can come to terms with that, you'll understand what I mean by you're all living in multidimensional um, awareness. You are just not aware of it like I am. And once you are, what you get to see blossoms like crazy. And it's been there all around us all this time. So when you're when you're communicating with um, the Lemurians, um, do they have somewhat of a message? Or um, I mean, if I had to say it more specifically, do they have more of um, a centralized uh, message? Or do, do you know what I mean? I, I guess I'm not sure how to phrase that, but. It's just a vibration, you know, you, you set an intent. Uh, here's some more kind of fundamental things that I, I just learned how to um, manifest. Einstein helped me understand through your quantum mechanics that in order for something to exist, it has to be observed by somebody. It doesn't exist until I see it. And so from there, it's now clear to understand that my thoughts just became a thing. Thoughts become things. Okay, so I manifest things. Whoa, okay, let's get a hold of that and see now if I can control my thoughts and get away from negativity that would invade anything but positive output. Because it's been proven time and time again over the last four or five years for me that all of positive output is what exactly what the universe returns in abundance, by the way. And when I tune out all the negative stuff, not that I am unaware of it. I don't spend my energy on it. I don't feed it with my energy at all because there's lots of other things to feed my attention with and lots of people trying to get your attention. You all know it. You hold it in your hand in the box that you're holding. It got your attention. And here is why you fail to see the things I get to see. Because that only comes out when I'm out in nature to give me a compass reading. And the rest of the time, I'm connecting with all of this. Uh, and I think even those of you that are holding the phones, you desperately want that. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, it's easy to become disconnected or um, or to get sucked into that negativity. I'm not uh, telling anybody what to do or how to spend their time, of course, but I learned um, years ago, really in my early to mid-20s, that just for me personally, like 
um, watching CNN or Fox, <clears throat> it didn't do anything positive for me. Um, I think it's important to stay informed, of course, but um, it was getting to the point where I was doing it for two, three hours a day. And I realized that after devoting that am amount of uh, at my personal attention and emotion to it, that it just wasn't helping me specifically. So um, again, I'm not trying to tell anybody not to do that. I mean, everybody spends uh, their free time on whatever they choose to, of course. But um, now the older I get, the more I just want to focus more on my little tribe, my family and my friends and things that help me feel a little bit better and, and vibrate a little higher. Bingo. There. You just unlocked the one thing that you need to get out of this because you just described what you needed to find. You needed a barometer. Now you found out what it was like and where I vibrated when I was listening to CNN. Did you vibrate high or did you vibrate low? Because you have a, something to compare with. Talked about your daughter and, you know, that kind of life. And that vibration is very high. Where do you think you want to spend your time? And now you have a barometer to decide when it feels high because you asked me how to stay high. I'd focus on that stuff and tune out the other stuff that really didn't deserve your attention. But, oh, my God, in hindsight, Look at how much of it I gave. Oh, let's stop the bleeding and start to focus on the things that you really want. Because I'm telling you guys, once you get dialed into extraordinary things, the next one comes along. The next pictures of light beings in me appear. And the next video of me going to Prairie Falls ends up being 38 minutes, but a min an hour and 57 minutes on tape because I've been stuck here in a time dilation that I was supposed to have. I am not the only human being that can do this. You all can, if you can achieve this level of vibration. So uh, I, God bless. I hope y'all get there. So uh, the clock is ticking. That's why I say what I'm saying or I just shut my mouth and never say anything again and just kind of drift off in bliss while the rest of you are trying to figure it out. But I do have a heart for others. No reason. Of course, that's why I chose to be a hotel hero of my life. I took care of people. That's just kind of who I am. So I'm here to help you until the end. There is more to understand about the vibration, but I understand it perfectly. And I'm here to help anybody in whatever way for them to get loose of the things that force us and box us into the things that we think. That was the first thing I had to get past because if I was going to ex expect and understand extraordinary things that were going to happen to me, I wasn't going to have them in my mind already. I had to be open to something new and I asked for miracles. Don't say no when they show up. That's a great way to phrase it. Um, but yeah, just to hop back to to Mount Shasta, I've heard that the energy there is palpable, if I'm saying that right. Uh, very, very overwhelming and um, high vibrational, high vibrational and positive. Have you ever been to another location that's even close to that? Yep. <laughs> I'm in it now. <laughs> I'm in an area near Sedona. Um, by a series of circumstances where I'm supposed to be. 
And the original reason that I came here wasn't the draw to be, you know, in a warmer climate this time of year or even be near Sedona. It was I heard about some strange high frequency energy, high vibration energy in a particular area. And I went to sort it out for myself. And I can tell you with great certainty, it's freaking here. Because I'm having Shasta energy like experiences here. And I don't say that because, you know, Shasta is some benchmark. <laughs> it, well, it is one of the only ones for me. I'm just telling you, extraordinary things have happened in both these locations. And it's not about, you know, the people that invited it here. There is something to cultivating that with the proper intent and people that are here. But what I'm saying is that the nature of this property, this land around here, it's freaking energetic is crazy. Oh. And, and then taking into consideration, there's activity in the sky in this area of Arizona and the opportunity to see it in clear nights um, I, for the first time. I invested in an infrared camera, not an expensive one, but one that I can finally see the Pleiades from here. Somebody has said you can see it with the naked eye. Well, maybe when I was younger, I might have been able to. But these goggles, oh, they get out there and they can see it. And then you see orbs in the backyard. <laughs> and and then, and then, and then. And yeah, here is where I wish all of you listening to this would be on your next podcast and talking about the same experiences. That is why I do this. I'm not asking you to go listen to a bunch of talking heads talking about this stuff. I'm suggesting that you get off your butts and you go into nature and you find these things for yourself because they're waiting for you. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. I mean, I've not been to uh, Sedona or Mount Shasta. I'd love to. And I've heard the same thing about Sedona uh, as well. But, um, you know, for me, raising your vibrations, good Lord, I can't think of anything um, better for me specifically, whether it's um, fishing, hiking. Um, I'll go out for uh, mushroom hunting, pretty big on that. Even antler sheds, but I've noticed um I feel incredible. It doesn't even have to be sunny or nice. Just being in nature itself makes me have a whole new appreciate or appreciation for my life here. Instead of just sitting in a dark room in the winter, just watching TV or something along those lines, getting out there. And um, it's humongous, really. I mean, that's that's been probably the number one thing that helps me feel more connected to this earth, of course. It washes over you. But, you know, you got to be the kind of person that likes to be outside. It, I get it. It's not everyone's cup of tea. But for those of us that really, I connect to something else out there. I used to call it connecting to nature. And when I first went out, I was thinking when I originally went to Shasta, what was it that I was looking for when I went out of the woods? I was looking for energetic zones. That's what I was looking for. And so when I found those, that was a whole other dimension of just feeling something out in nature that I still, to this day, can't describe that energy shift. You just have to experience it yourself, and you can. Um, now, when I go back to these areas, 
and I see them popping up in more areas, I understand that none of these, call them portals, if you want to call them that, because they're energetic, um, are, they're not meant to be surprises. They're not meant to be secrets. The day when they're all going to be active and activated for a reason, they're supposed to be well-known. And so those people that vibrate at these levels are going to be drawn there anyway, because through this phenomenon that Earth is going through, there are going to be some physical changes. Thir things that existed in this third dimensional realm are no longer existing. They just entropy away is the easiest way for me to understand that. And everything that already vibrates at a higher level here already. So the density that we knew, we're still going to be exposed to do the duality of Earth. But we realize we're connected to everybody else and there's a solution. And even for the toughest things, every one of these gifted people in my tribe that I know, and they're all gifted in unique ways, one of them has the key to unlock whatever this task is. And that's what they were meant to do. None of us were soldiers that were supposed to march all at the same place. Here is where an appreciation of individual people's gifts. And if I could have turned the clock back on education and I made the call on ways that children should have been educated and groomed along the way, is we would have played until we explored the things that you love to do. And that would be throughout this mystery school engagement, you blossomed who you were supposed to be. And your path wasn't like anybody else's. Yours was, you're a sovereign being with free will, but that little soul inside of you has something else in mind for everybody else. And we're just here to help you unwrap it. And at the same time, each one of us are figuring out what gifts we're mastering because at the same time, wow, we know how special Jake is with what he has to offer. And when he dials it in, None of us worry because we got Jake. Now imagine a room full of people that can do that and their skills are so varied that see what this tribe can do. Here is where we're waiting to see what humanity can really do when we haven't been disturbed and um, manipulated along the way. We're finally going to be back where we can take command of the DNA that was our original blueprint undisturbed by anybody else so that we can really show once and for all what humanity can do in this environment in a world out of third dimension though. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I think that the, the powers to be, and I don't mean to sound, but it seems like um, that they want us to be distracted or they want us to be worried or conflicted. And I think if um, more people could just focus in on their their well-being and their happiness. I think um, we as a people, Homo sapiens sapiens, would be a lot better off. And I know that's easier said than done. I mean, I have stressors too, of course, <laughs> you know, but um, so, yeah, I'll quickly describe this. So uh, last year I went through this terrible depression, and now that I'm out of it, um, I mean, I'm talking 
you know, nine months of a very deep, dark depression. I, in that time, I had lost uh, 40 pounds. Uh, there were nights where I didn't sleep at all. Sometimes I was getting an hour or two of sleep. Uh, had a lot of trouble eating or just getting out of bed. I mean, there was a lot of days where I was in bed for 15 hours in a day. And um, now that I'm out of it, I realized I was only focused on what I wasn't doing or, or what I wasn't able to achieve. And I felt um, very upset with myself. But then now that I'm out of it, I realized I have this incredible relationship with my immediate family and uh, to Mother Earth. And finding happiness now seems to be very simple. It's, it's at least for me, I, I can't speak for anything, but it's kind of appreciating what you do have instead of kind of torturing yourself for what you don't have. That's, that's helped me out tremendously. That's like life lesson 97 for all of us. You just have to grow to that space. Uh, but I want to, I'm an observer and a recorder, so I'm going to give you an observation. I can sense that whatever puts you in that place was not caused by the same environment that got you out of it. Because when you got to focus on the the loving interaction, and that's what you fed off of, wow, just see how the rest of it didn't really matter anymore. And when all of this was in your field, all of this is energy, of course. And we, as electromagnetic beings, are like capacitors. So we take in energy, we express out energy. So for a long time, buddy, you held some negative energy that needed to be purged, but only you were able to figure out the freaking key and whatever the triggers were going to be along the way. So those are some of the lessons, by the way, you signed up for. So, but when they did come look at it, it was like almost now you understand what that palatable purge, it was like energy just went away. And now it was backfilled was light that came in and expanded your way to look at things in a much more loving way because that, when you focus your attention, that was all you got in return. Yeah, let's just stay in that groove because now you know what the alternatives are. And now you see that's white noise. None of it deserves my attention because when I give any bit of it to it, even if it's negative and I need to pay attention to it, I'm feeding it. And I don't want to feed it anymore. My attention, limited as it is, I want to focus on the things that bring me joy. And therein, I raise my vibration. And here is how I prep myself for where I'm going next. Because it's freaking awesome. Yeah, there's something <clears throat> There's something I've noticed. Not, I've been doing this for some time now. And I've, I've spoke to um, all sorts of experiencers and one thing that they all seem to have in common is that they sincerely want to help. They want to spread the word. They want to, um, yeah, just kind of give back. And I, I'm getting that sense from you, of course. I've, I've already known this about you. Um, it's almost like their their biggest drive, really. Um, why do you think it it's is It's my that juice. Honestly, I got I, I, I to confess. That's where my juice comes from. But I was kind of that kind of manager in the hotel business too. 
I got more excited when my team was recognized. Here, I'm on a freaking galactic level right now. I want to see all of you get it the way I do. That makes me just blossom in ways you can't understand. And if you want to see it from my perspective, these moments when we're together, when you've gotten something out of this, Jake, that happened because I was here to witness it. That's what I was here to do galactically. I'm also a recorder for the Akashic Records. Who else was here to witness what happened between you and me except me? Yes, I am honored when I get to witness these places where I was part of an impact. I wasn't the impact. I'm an observer and a recorder. You are just kind of revealing your way. And it's a delight for me to see uh, I get to interact with your journey along the way. And we were supposed to do this. And we're supposed to do it so that others are going to see that, oh, my God, these guys are on to something. And we are. There is a difference in age linearly between Jake and I. But, man, I can tell you where we see and what we vibrate at, that's what we're all trying to help the rest of you get to. And the clock is ticking in terms of the speed at which Earth is going to go through her cosmic cycle. Now, again, I appreciate that the younger crowd that I know, Jake, that's your posse. I'm delighted to talk to you because talking to my tribe, at my, no, my tribe, people my age, they don't get it. They're never going to get it. They don't want to get it. Bless their hearts. You guys already get it because, like I said before, you've had this sixth sense that you were aware of long ago that we, that those of us that were born in the early 50s, yeah, we kind of went through different phases. Um, and we had it a lot different. When I kind of put it into a linear fashion, one of the reasons why I came back and the timing with which I did that had everything to do with when um, extra galactic help was going to come to humanity because humanity was hands off. They're supposed to learn their own lessons. They're evolving on their own. Let them learn their own lessons until World War II. And when we started to build atomic bombs and we dropped them on other you know, countries and started to demonstrate what damage we could do to the planet in a 80 to 100 year cycle in this carbon body, that's what you're going to do to the planet? We don't own it. We're, we're just critters crawling along on it. But look at what we could do. Those stories about Atlantis and Lemuria were true. And look at guys... We're not far from repeating those all over again. Well, one of the incarnations I believe most and is dearest to me is that I was through a priesthood at a point when Lemuria and Atlantis, you know, coexisted. And I happened to have my parcel butted up right against to an Atlantic, Atlantic, Atlantis. Colony, Atlantean. It was a model 
for unity and brotherhood and exchanges of ideas and technology. It was wonderful until the dark energies did their way with it and sunk those land masses. There's plenty of evidence. If you want to go through the geology of it, there's no reason for me to do that. Let's just skip to the history lesson and get you where you need to be. We're close to doing it again. Look at all this threat of nuclear devices that we did before. This is why we incarnated when we did, because in order to make a difference on this side, in order for the Lemurians to make an impact here, they had to be incarnated into this. Here we are. I started back in the 50s with a lot of other indigo children. You've heard of us. And so we were the first of Dolores' three phases. We came to be here for this so that we would make our impacts on this side. So when I was asked to go to Telos and thought of it from my third dimensional perspective and asked if I would consider being an emissary, Lowell, <laughs> you're one of us. Yes. You chose to be on this side when this came so that, yes, that interaction between the surface and those of us that are below, we've just been waiting for this time that here would be that transition team. And I'm not the only one. You're just the one I heard about. And you're, well, I don't know that anybody else has actually been inside the way that I have, but I won't be the only one. There is greater contact that the Lemurians assured me of last year. And that manifested here where I am last Sunday. There were lightnings that came in, you know, where I was, similar to what happened to me in Shasta. So that was the Shasta-like thing I was telling you about. Yeah, it's real. So this may be just a stretch. I'm just really just trying to connect the dots here. So these really um, high-energy uh, places like uh, Mount Shasta and Sedona, do you think, um, and again, this may be a stretch, but um, like I know Linda Moulton Howe um, strongly believes that there are civilizations within mountain ranges. Do you think that that could also be the possibility uh, for Sedona? Well, uh, yes, but it, they don't require mountain ranges. See, that's what we think because in a 3D head, you know, everybody lives in a cave. Here's where we need a really a, a better way of helping people understand dimensional levels and what exists in a dimensional level and what takes form and what doesn't. When you get a command of that, come back and we can have these conversations, but not everything is in a cave. However, having said that, uh, the Agartha network, the cities within inner earth, there's 120 of those that we know about, and those are within the Agartha network. There are other civilizations and outposts in addition to that in inner Earth, anywhere from you know the fourth to the seventh dimensions, and they all get along, you know, great. So, can you see why what we're doing on the surface is a threat and sends out ripples? that we don't understand what we're doing, we're like babies. And so it's time for everything to evolve. So thank God that Earth is evolving and we all get to go along with her. Because I'm just, I'm, as a human being, I'm embarrassed by what we've done to her. And we've shown really real regard. We have not been good stewards of Gaia in, you know, 
in the past. Um, we want to rob her of what's inside of her. We haven't learned the ways that people used to be when the first civilizations were here. Everyone lived in symbiosis with the earth. We didn't dig her up. <laughs> we found a way to live with her. And man, the bond between them, there was Eden. That was Avalon. Everything was amazing. Um, and then, you know, just everything evolves and changes. But we in Earth are moving back to not fifth dimensional awareness. That's where our focus is. And that's great because, yes, we are going there. Our target's seven again. Seven, guys. <coughs> yes. Once we yep. get out of this muck, it's easy. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I think people uh, overlook that sometimes. That's a great point. Um, it wasn't very long ago where we we weren't doing anything like we were uh, here in the United States. Uh, I mean, the Amer or, yeah, American Indians, they weren't creating towns, let alone, you know, uh, guns and um, nuclear warfare, anything really. I mean, uh, they were so connected to the earth and they probably... Um, try to communicate with their star brothers and sisters so often because you know they were outside all the time they were um sitting by fires uh you know dancing they were just very, very connected to the earth and i think um that's probably why they had a close connection uh with beings outside of uh of this planet really you know you got it it makes me wonder where did you know the sophistication that came in and <clears throat> displaced that mindset? When did their breakdown happen? Because why didn't they learn to live that way? <clears throat> I don't know. Um, it's there are deep third dimensional lessons that are always there's this side and there's that side. That's what we're stuck in the midst of. The good news. Earth's done learning third dimensional lessons. We're done. So we get to pass along. Um, you know, what is necessary for people to move into the next realm is you need to clear your karma. You're, you need to be balanced in order to move the next thing. Or you have other third dimensional lessons left to play out. You've heard it's been said that you repeat the lessons until you get them. And even though when Earth ascends, your soul here, let me help put this into perspective. Your soul is still riding around <clears throat> and there are other third dimensional realms. You'll go play those lessons out. in. We hope that you can avoid that. If you really want to go with the rest of us to New Earth, here we are explaining the method to get there. And it's not a one, two, three kumbaya that I teach you. There's nothing I can sell you to get you there. You can't buy a subscription that I wish I could benefit from. All I can do is just point you in the directions where I found this energy and help you understand how you draw that out of yourself. How that mastery for you to find the light that you're connected to everything else. You got it. You've got this. We're here to cheer you along and fill in the gaps when we can, but we're not on your journey. We want to support you because, as I described before, those Akashic experiences you're having on everybody's behalf, damn it, Jake, in the end, benefit from them, and I didn't have to go through the crap you did, so thank you for the shitty shit you had to learn on my behalf, and you're welcome for mine. 
It's a good way to think about it. Um, so yeah, I've, I've often said that, uh, you know, when I was early on in this, I didn't really know what I wanted to get out of it other than me just being interested in, in hopes that I would educate myself and, and our listeners. But now I almost, I'm almost thinking myself as, um, kind of like a messenger and our guests are the message, uh, and, and that I can, um, help get other people the message. Um, one thing that, um, people, um, like really look into the symbolism with owls is that they're messengers. Mike Clellan is a big believer in that. Uh, I feel like I've been uh, trying to make it a point to ask all of our listeners or all of our guests, um, if you've had any odd occurrences with owls or just anything whatsoever with them, I know you're outside a lot. I, um, I am very fond of, uh, there's a tree uh, Mickey Magic's compound. There's actually two trees back there. He lives in a place in the Santa Cruz Mountains called the Enchanted Forest, and it's called that for a reason. I have witnessed um, sprites and you know fairies, whatever you want to call them, in the area, and I have photographs of them. But aside from that, there are two trees on that property. There's a grandmother tree and there's a grandfather tree. And when I first, um, Mickey walked me back, it's in a great spot. It's out, there's nothing around you except nature. When I walked back there, I mistook that to be the grandfather tree. And when you saw this tree, it had an opening that had been there for a while. You could tell that people had been inside of it because there were char marks from, you know, when people had, you know, lit little fires or candles. But over here, when you got inside, Mickey pointed to a perch where a white owl either lives or stays. And so, yes, in this little magic environment, there's an owl that's here in this environment, lives in the grandmother tree. Wow. Yeah, the reason yeah. I asked is I've, in the last uh, year and a half, roughly, I've seen almost 20 owls. I don't know why. It's just so condensed. I'm not, I mean, I even rehabbed an owl for four days. Uh, that refused to fly and finally flew away not long ago. And I've been asking uh, our guests, you know, and nearly all of them have something. Sev Tok, Dolly Saffron, uh, Ron Dawson. Uh, I mean, he even helped rehab two of them. Uh, I just think it's really odd, and I'm trying to figure out why that is. Uh, most recently, um, it was two weeks ago Saturday, my uh, aunt passed away, and she was one-eighth Cherokee. and um, Later that day, I was building a fire. It was smoldering, um, and I was working on a rake. I had to replace a handle. It was probably about 8.30 at night, and it's pretty dark here. It was a clear night, and I look up at the stars, and the biggest owl I've ever seen flew directly over me at treetop level. You know, And it's happening so often now where I'm not even um, really making note of it anymore. You know, How do you uh, feel when that happens, when that, when that sensation's there? Do you feel some energetic exchange? I feel very happy. And sometimes I almost feel protected, especially early on when they started showing up around that, uh, that depression that I was going through, you know, but yeah, it's just, I just think it's really fascinating. I've not really been able to make sense of it. I mean, Mike Clellan, of course, do you know, Mike, he, he's kind of like mm -hmm. the owl guy within the community, but he's, he's studying the connection with owls and uh, uh, experiencers. 
but uh, it's you know everybody has something that they pay attention to us for and that's great because like you i've had experiences of not to the degree that you have so one would think that if we need to hear about jake or we need to hear about owls jake has had multiple experiences around them um there's something more to it jake so just my experience in extraordinary things is tuck it away just be aware of it and one day aha and you'll come back and say remember when i started talking about owls and was all that? yeah i have the answer um it'll come to you it was meant to you don't notice there's no coincidence to anything in my opinion nothing so the fact that you've seen them on multiple occasions, they're in your awareness big time for a reason. You're going to tell us what all that's about later, and we're counting on you. So, I hope so. I've been trying to make sense of it, but um, I really do appreciate appreciate you coming out coming on, and I think that uh, we can benefit a lot from from your message. If there were just maybe one more message to our listeners, um, that could maybe potentially help them or uh, kind of resonate with them, what what might that be? We already touched on today, the importance of getting yourself into a meditative state pays benefits in many ways. Um, your health will benefit by it indirectly, and you won't have to do anything else. Your mindset will be much more calm, uh, much more relaxed, and therein is when you connect to bigger things that maybe you've dreamt about before but you never really explored i encourage you to let go and dream big because those are your experiences they're meant for you to have i want you to have them because you're having them for me to remember we're connected um there things are about to shift so much so jake i it's a pleasure for me to speak to your audience because I want you to see clearly the things I see. If you have to believe something, then I'm here to tell you what to believe. And I wasn't built that way before. I think you've heard me speak before. And I don't want to influence anyone else's experience. So yours is authentic. And you can tell your story. And it wasn't because you heard Lowell say that. I want you to have the authentic experience because, again, you're connected to me. And one way or the other, I benefit from it. Um, um, but I am. My guys have said, screw that law. These people need something to believe. So give them something. So I'm going to share the things that happened with me. I'm going to be authentic about it. You're either going to accept it uh, and you don't believe it and you'll dismiss it. But those of you that don't dismiss it, then you know where to find me. And we can continue these conversations because what's happening to me is happening to the rest of you. You just don't really understand it all yet. And we're nowhere near the end. So the tribe assembles for a reason so that we can all begin to understand the path together along the way. Because everybody holds a little key for us along the way. Uh, Jake, you came along and had a trigger for me that when I listened back to this later, which always happens, Jake said something I was supposed to hear. Without this little um, engagement, it wouldn't have taken place. So I'm grateful. Every time I get asked to do these, there's something in it for me. 
I'm not meant to be a talking head. I'm here to help y'all extract whatever mastery is inside of you because we need it. Yeah, no, I, I'm just grateful that I can, uh, on a weekly basis, educate myself and our listeners. And there's never been a conversation that I've ever had with somebody uh, on this platform where I didn't learn. So I really do appreciate that, Lowell. And um, we're going to have links below, of course, to tm.org. Uh, what's the best way for people to find you? Maybe we could talk about your YouTube page. Um, yeah, just point up to my webpage. Just type lowelljohnson.info into a web browser and you'll get to my website. From there, then you'll find links to YouTube and LinkedIn and any other way that you like to communicate, Instagram. Uh, that's the easiest way to kind of, you'll find me one way or the other. Okay. Well, I really appreciate your time. And if there's any, just one more message I could get uh, across to our listeners is to be strong in love. Uh, I truly believe that that's what we're really meant to be doing here. Um, to be kind and to take care of one another. And, uh, you know, if, if you're a young man too, especially, you're going to have to learn how to um, receive love and express love a little bit better because in our culture, at least here in the United States, it's uh, almost, I mean, especially in your generation, uh, LJ, that it was almost like frowned upon to be emotional and to, you know what I mean? Oh boy. We didn't talk about um, the feminine divine, but I have a huge appreciation for that. And I find myself in conversation defending that perspective more often than not. I know that in order for us to get to the next level, there has to be a balance of masculine and feminine. And if I tell you what the real secret to all this was, when we were first placed here and the mindset was seventh dimensional, we understood that the direct connection to source was through the feminine divine and that it was the masculine divine's job to carry that out. And we did that with delight. Oh my God, we got divine messages and what masculine could do because we could manifest anything we wish, the world was unlimited in what we could do with it. Then there was a period where energies changed and intense changed. Uh, and so we're here where we are today. But we're about to step into a place where none of the crap that we got us here, that we've been stuck in for a while, you know, we've already proven that humanity wasn't going to get themselves out of it. Because look at this. <laughs> there was a greater plan for the universe. And I'll say this because I know this in my heart to be true. There have been situations like this with other planets, just like Earth in this kind of circumstance, <clears throat> that um, they didn't think twice about just starting over. Eh, we'll just start over. This, we've all been assured by the guides that have been here along the way that this is not one of those instances. No, no. Earth is going to be saved, and humanity is worth saving. So that's why we're all here to assist. Um, and, yeah, I do love it. Mm. I really appreciate your time, LJ. I, uh, any of our new listeners, I strongly, strongly suggest you go back and listen to our first conversation or really just if you were to go to spotify apple and just write in uh 
Lowell Johnson. That's L-O-W-E-L-L. You look for Starbucks Mystery School on Spotify or Amazon, and you'll find all my podcasts. It's funny, Jake. Yesterday, I uploaded the 77th one since I decided I would do these back in August. And if you remember, I said I didn't want to do this. (laughs) Yeah, I, I listened to a uh, well, more than a couple, probably about a half a dozen, and uh, I'm so glad that you came forward, and because it's a it's kind of a difficult thing to talk about, especially in um, um, such a public way. But uh, really glad that you did, and I think that we've learned a lot from you, and I hope that we continue to be able to learn from you. So, my pleasure. Nice to see you again. Thanks again, Jake. Yeah, nice to see you again. Uh, hopefully, we can stay in contact. Oh, we will. Take care, buddy. Until next time. Okay. Bye now.